congratulations, uh, throwing your hat in the ring. Why do you do it? Why do I do it? I care deeply about our Constitution, our rule of law, our Supreme Court, and its proper place among the three branches of government. And I believe that uh, it requires a person with the sort of experience that I bring to the table, which is extensive and, in my view, uh, shows a very proven track record of fair and impartial justice. Talk about that. Talk about your experience and, and that track record, Dan. Well, you know, I've, I'm asked a lot, how does a person become a judge? And part of it is just uh, the luck of timing. You happen to be in a point in your career where it makes sense either to request an appointment or run for election like I have. But in my case, it's been the result of a very uh, deliberate process to gain experience that I believe is balanced. So I started off in 1993 as a prosecutor in Great Falls. Later worked as a prosecutor, a lead prosecutor in Chinook, and then later in Kalispell as well. But I left uh, that part of public service about 2000 uh, to go out on my own. And I didn't simply uh, open, hang my shingle and open up a general law practice. I wanted to have the experience of representing people who are charged with crimes. Previously, I'd prosecuted them. I wanted the experience of representing people who are charged with crimes because I wanted to understand the law and the justice system from their perspective. I also represented civil litigants both as plaintiffs and as defendants because I think it's important for someone who wants to be a judge, again, to have the experience of seeing the justice system in operation from those two opposite or opposing vantage points. And uh, that was what summed up my career until 2010 when I ran in Flathead County for a seat on our justice court and uh, at that point, I was very intrigued with the idea of being a judge. I think every lawyer, young lawyer considers the prospect of being a judge someday. Mm -hmm. And so I went for that thinking, if I uh, win this race and I enjoy being a judge, perhaps I'd go for the district court later. If I didn't care for it so much, I would just go back into private practice. Well, I mean, I was bitten by the bug. The, what judging really is, is practicing law in real time and uh, being in the courtroom all the time. And I was very at home in the courtroom. I had extensive trial experience both in state and federal court, and it was just a natural fit for me, and I loved it. And it is difficult, and it is challenging, and uh, it's presiding over cases under circumstances where people are going through some of the most stressful times in their lives. But it's bringing those differing perspectives, understanding the case from their point of view that I think helps me to be fair and uh, buttresses this notion that I think people have have really believed in my um, candidacy and as, in me as a judge having this fair and balanced experience in my background. And I see that as you, as you talk about it, how important it can be, or maybe you can discuss how important it, it could be, that you, you've been in those positions and then you see how it affects people uh, from both sides of the, the bench, so to speak. How do you think that you'll be able to employ that experience? How do you use that, Dan? Well, there's a huge difference between sitting as a trial court judge, as I am now, and uh, deciding cases on appeal, and that is when you're in the courtroom itself, you get a good feel for the litigants and their attorneys as they appear before you, the way they present their case, the witnesses and so forth. 
when you're sitting on an appellate court like the Supreme Court, you're not seeing witnesses. You're typically not hearing the attorneys come into this Supreme Court courtroom and argue. Uh, you're having to take their legal arguments from the briefs alone, from the written record. And I think that having experience as a trial court judge, understanding just how these records are produced and what uh, you can learn from them, what you can glean from them, and what you cannot is super important. And I think having the experience of a trial court judge, having had the experience of trying cases, both from the plaintiff's and the defendant's point of view, from the state's or the government's and the criminal defendant's point of view, leads you to a greater understanding and an easier understanding of what was really happening in the trial court. How does that fuel then your understanding of, as you noted, the proper place of the judiciary in our three branches of government? Well, uh, the judiciary obviously has the primary obligation of telling us in individual uh, cases not only what the law says, but what it means under the facts in that particular situation. And it's important that in doing so, uh, Supreme Court justices remain mindful of their proper role. We are not there. They are not there. Hopefully, I would not <laughs> right. be there uh, for the purpose of enacting uh, legislation. Uh, this is not the pr proper place of the Supreme Court to adopt legislation. And there is the doctrine of judicial review that's established in Montana that says the Supreme Court decides whether an enactment of the legislature is constitutional or not. But it needs to be, in every case, the uh, subject of a very searching inquiry. It's not something that a Supreme Court should ever undertake willy-nilly to uh, declare some enactment of the legislature as unconstitutional because the legislature under our Constitution is just very close, one step removed from the sovereign people. Under our Constitution, people are sovereign. They're wishes that they express through their elective process, installing the legislators in the legislature, that is the source of sovereignty in our state under our Constitution. And it's important that our Supreme Court remains mindful of that. And it might be hard to, to say, do you recognize where there's areas where it's fair to be critical then of the Supreme Court or our court decisions. How does the public or others respond in, in those situations where perhaps they may feel that um, courts have um, overstepped their boundaries? Well, I think in every case you're going to find people who are detractors and fans of a particular Supreme Court decision. So it's hard to say, for me, at least from the perspective of a judge, knowing that every time I make a decision, I make a potential enemy, or certainly someone very disappointed in the outcome. And we, we feel about court decisions in a particular way, not necessarily going through a very you know, searching inquiry ourselves of what were the particular facts in the case, what was the basis for the decision. But I think that uh, when the people believe that the Supreme Court is out of whack, they can either elect justices that they believe will have a philosophy that's more in keeping with their preference, or they can exercise their own power under the Constitution uh, to amend it and effect change what would be otherwise Supreme Court precedent. What do people not know about the courts that will help them fuel um, a decision about who to seat in the courts? That is a broad question, isn't it? Uh, I think that what you want to look for in a candidate for the Supreme Court is someone who can espouse or 
can state their judicial philosophy in a way that you can relate to. And, and my judicial philosophy is just very basic and simple. It's, it's common sense. But I would say that the largest aspect, uh, the most important of the concerns that drives me, is that you cannot, as a judge or a lawyer or anyone involved in the process, claim to be a master of the law until you have first become its humble servant. If you believe that, as a judge, that you are the master of the law, then you are in danger of avoiding what is really the most important personal check that a judge can put on himself or herself, and that is to remain humble, to realize that it is an exercise of tremendous intellectual energy. Yes. I mean, it's not yes. something that you can just undertake sort of off the cuff or shooting it's from not the a hip, book so to speak. Yeah. It's not. It, it really requires a very uh, searching inquiry about what does the law say and how does it apply to the facts in these cases and it has nothing to do with the judge's own personal views or opinion and that's the part of the self-discipline the part of the humility that I think uh, any justice ought to bring to the position it's not about me it's about the law how do you run a Supreme Court race and get people to know who you are and who they're putting in that seat without potentially prejudicing future decisions. I'm sure you've, that's something you've had to have thought about because every Supreme Court race kind of seems to focus on, around that. It is super challenging, and frankly, I thought it was going to be harder than it's turned out to be. I've spoken to groups of Republicans and Democrats, uh, nonpartisan groups of every stripe and sort, and what has amazed me is that when people ask me questions, it's not, it's never has been so far, how are you going to rule in this particular circumstances, or how would you vote if you were on the Supreme Court and this case came up? It, it's, it's more like, what is your philosophy? What's your approach? And those are questions that I can ask. Uh, I think I've had one question that asked how I would rule on a particular case, and I just had to say, I can't tell you, and I don't know, because we don't elect judges to advance our particular policy preferences, we elect judges to resolve our disputes. The analogy that I've used sometimes is that running for the Supreme Court is such a different thing from running for a partisan office in that it's kind of like running to be the referee of a football game. So imagine at the annual Brawl of the Wild, if they announced over the loudspeakers, we're going to do something different this year, uh, we're going to vote on and we're going to elect the head referee. And then being a, a candidate for the Supreme Court is, it would be like uh, someone running for that referee job and walking out in the middle of either the Bobcat Stadium or Grizzly Stadium and saying, hey, I'm running for head referee. I just want to tell you all I'm not here to help the Grizz or the Cats win this game. <laughs> and after all the booing subsided, right? then you could say uh, what you were honestly there to do, which is, tout your experience. I've been a referee for this many years. I'm devoted to the fairness of the game. I understand the rules and I will apply them fairly. And so a campaign message for a Supreme Court justice analogously is sort of similar. It's like I'm not there to make sure that one party wins and the other party loses. I'm not there to advance a particular policy preference of any party or any special interest. I am there to make sure that the rules are followed, that we're faithful to our oaths, 
and that we do not overstep our bounds and we simply decide the case on the facts and the law. How's it been? You filed, and that's a decision. It's a step. It's a leap of faith, so to speak. Uh, talk about that process, Dan, and then I want to um, have you comment on the kind of feedback you're getting and the kind of response that you get from the public. This response has been just tremendous. I mean, I, I can't tell you uh, that when I first thought of campaigning statewide, I've run a number of campaigns in Flathead County and been successful, but a statewide election is something different altogether. And uh, the best perspective I had was from the very first advice I got from the campaign treasurer I hired. I, I heard her very early on, and I went to meet with her and sat down, and she said, okay, tell me why you're running. And I hadn't even practiced or rehearsed an elevator speech by that time, and I stumbled and bumbled through a bunch of sort of nonsense, and she listened and she was very patient and very kind. And when I got done, she looked at me and she said, no, that's not why you're running. And I said, okay, tell me why I'm running. And she said, you're running because you're going to meet some great people all over this state. Oh. And I have to tell you, you know, just having that perspective from the outset uh, and just being wonderfully surprised everywhere I've been, what I discover to my great amazement and satisfaction is that People in Montana are really engaged, and they care a great deal about their government. They care a great deal about their Supreme Court. And just to see that people are that engaged and care about the court as much as I do has been really what sustains the effort, what makes it a pleasure. And this has been really the greatest honor of my professional career.